I'm still kind of like on this whole remember the covenant joint, but I'm gonna transition this week because I realized that like I could probably teach about remembering the covenant for I'm not gonna say a year, but I could probably close out October. You know what I'm saying? But I want to transition and talk about my new topic for this series is undefeated. Okay. Um, it's nothing like experiencing um, it's nothing like um, being able to stand knowing that you're undefeated and it's not because like you've necessarily done everything that you needed to do but it's because God's desire for you is to stand in an undefeated place right and so God's desire is for you to stand in an undefeated place right um because of what it empowers you to do, right? Because of the confidence that it gives you, um, but also because of the trust that is required for you to be able to make that declaration that you're undefeated. It's not by your own power. It's not by your own might. Although you get to make the declaration that you're undefeated, Simply because of the amount of trust and confidence that you have, not in you, but in God. So, Deuteronomy 20, it, it begins to talk about, I'm, I'm reading from New Living Translation, but it talks about the, sub, the subject heading over the text says, regulations concerning war. My King James says how to wage war. And many times when we look at getting to our place of being undefeated, we don't often want to experience the fight that's necessary to make that declaration. Right. Like the saints 100% want to be able to stand in a place of victory without having experienced without having experienced any uh, war. Like, there's this huge misconception that when we talk about I already got the victory, it's as if you got the victory without having to fight to, to make that statement. The biggest misconception. I already got the victory. I'm more than a conqueror, Right? And so we use these scriptures and we talk through this text as if we should experience nothing. Yeah. But I believe the expectation of God is for us to understand um, that there is a predetermined victory that God has put in place for us to acquire. There's a predetermined victory that God has put in place for us to, to acquire. But prior to bringing you into that place, 
God has to be sure that you understand the rules of engagement. There's a predetermined place of victory that God has for you to acquire. Prior to you acquiring that place, God has to make sure you understand the rules of engagement. The goal is for you to stand victoriously, to stand in faith, to stand in confidence, and to trust him implicitly. Okay? So, it says here in the text, when you go out, verse 1, Deuteronomy 20, when you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and any army greater than your own, do not be afraid. He immediately starts as he begins to talk to you about the rules of engagement for you getting to your place of victory. The first thing you have to recognize is you may witness something. The circumstances that are before you may seem as though they're greater than what you believe your ability is. The first thing that the believer often does is they have this idea that it's by their own might, right? There's often this belief that you can do things independent of God, and it could not be further from the truth. We often want to start out on this quest to do stuff, and we like, well, you know, I don't really, like, I can kind of handle this, right? Yeah. Like, I'm big enough. I can, I can fight my own fight. I can hold my own, right? It's, it's even when you think about as we transition from uh, being children to becoming uh, an adolescent to becoming a young adult to becoming teenagers, we begin to fill ourselves a little bit too much, you know? And your parents will have to bring you back to reality and tell you, you still wet behind the ears, homie. Mm -hmm. my, my homeboy's mom said we were in high school, and I can't say it because I'm being recorded, but she was like, you can't even wipe your own butt. Mm -hmm. She didn't use them words. Mm -hmm. And then she went on to say, I'm still wiping your butt. And we laughed, but the reality is we begin to fill ourselves or like have this idea like, yo, I can hold this down. Like, I can do this. And so... After we get that, after we get that, that posture, right? It's a posture that we take on. After we take on that posture, we then begin to believe that uh, we are equipped, or even if we've been in God long enough, we believe that our spirituality is strong enough, and our wisdom is great enough, and that our, uh, um, you know, just just that 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 spiritual maturity exist to the degree that I don't really need to necessarily um, tap God in mm -hmm. for this, right? We have to remember that every time we're looking to acquire new victory, it's a, it's a tag team effort with God. Yeah. He's a part. He's tagged in the entire time. And of course, he's going to, he's going to say that in the text. It says, uh, uh, so when you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and an army greater than your own, do not be afraid. The Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you, right? And I thought it was dope and I thought about the song immediately. If he did it before, he can do it again. Same God right now, same God back then. He immediately reminds them 
Like, you couldn't get yourself out of bondage in Egypt. And so any victory that you've experienced in your life, you've experienced that victory because of God. Mm -hmm. Anything that you were able to overcome, you overcame because, as the text says, he brought you up out. You were literally overtaken. For God to bring you up and out of something, it means that you were overtaken and suppressed by something else. And oftentimes, when we are in battle, we don't always recognize that we're in that low place until we've been in that low place long enough. Like, I watch MMA and I'm like, yo, she's going to kill this person. Or this dude's going to die if somebody doesn't pull him out. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And, and I've seen it so much so that the person that looked like they were going to lose that MMA fight, they've been pulled out or they've been able to maneuver out of that scenario and then become the victor. And so, I don't want to take too long. So he says, uh, the Lord your God brought you out of the land of Egypt. That's the person that's with you. It says, when you prepare for battle, the priest must come forward to speak to the troops. He will say to them, listen to me, all of you men of Israel, do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and he will give you victory. So there's this warning that lets you know, like, just before you embark upon the place that God wants you to conquer, there's going to be this idea that you won't be able to conquer it. Crazy. That's been my week. Like, I had a moment at the earlier part of this week after we met on Monday and I was like, God... Have no idea how this is gonna happen. Got no idea. Mm-hmm. And in my moment of weakness, I'm like, okay, God, I gotta figure this out. Like, what's the plan? Because I don't have all the answers. But just as the text suggests, there's a priest, there's this voice of God. The priest represented the voice of God in that moment to remind the people, like, in spite of what you face, God is with you. Yeah. And if you trust him enough, and if you trust the process enough. You have to recognize that it's not you that's going to fight. It's not me that needs to figure it out. It's not me that has to have the answer. God got to have the answer. Mm -hmm. Because what God's trying to do is create victory in your life that gives him glory. Everything that God does, it brings glory back to him. Everything that Jesus did brought honor back to the Father. Everything that God is doing is to bring honor back to himself. So you having victory is only a byproduct of the relationship and, and, and the honor that God believes he deserves. Mm-hmm. So by default, you get victory. By default, you get to face armies and get to go in battle in scenarios where the army may be greater, but you plus God makes you stronger than any army that's against you. You plus God gives you greater position than any enemy that you're going to ever face. It doesn't matter what opposition literally stands before you if you believe the voice of God as he uses his priest in this text to say, yo, don't look at this. Remember who God is and what he said he was going to do and why he says he's going to do it. I think if we can remember those things, it makes it easier for us to cast our cares and our worries on him. 
Take my yoke for it is easy and my burden it is like God is always looking to make an exchange with us so that he can be glorified in it. But if we lose sight of that, we then become defeated. If we get ready to go out in battle and we believe that we're going out in battle based on our own might, based on our own GPS systems, based on our own strategies, we lose. If we get ready to go to war with our own mindset, how I think it should happen, how I envision God giving me victory, this is the big issue with people. I envision my victory in God looking like this. And because you envision your victory looking like this, or because you envision the battle, or because you envision the scenario playing out this way, the moment it doesn't, you become defeated. Because you're going to tap out. It's going to cause you to stop trusting. It's going to cause you to not be dependent on him. Mm. It's going to cause you to look at your scenario and then begin to respond based on what you see. Dang, that's crazy. But if you look at your scenario through the lens of, put it like this. If you put on glasses and these glasses were like God goggles, right? And the moment you looked at everything that was before you, uh, it changed when you put your God goggles on. And it, it, it's, it's as if it gave you x-ray vision to see beyond what's in front of you and see the victory that God envisioned for you from the beginning. But we don't do that. We look at circumstance, which is why the very first part of this text says, don't look at circumstance. Yeah. I'm looking and saying, yo, true life going to need some more coins. God's like, don't look at that. Because if you trust me, then you trust that the victory that this thing has, had it from the beginning. Your marriage, your finances, your, your career aspirations, your uh, 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 educational experience, uh, your corporate experience, all of these things have God before them. So how do you have God before a scenario and it doesn't pan out to be victorious? It's impossible. It's impossible not to get a win if God is in front of everything that's going on. It's like, it, dang, it's crazy. It's like when we in the winter and we get 10 feet of snow and they bring the salt trucks out. Have you ever seen how big these salt trucks are? Like the, the, the county salt trucks are probably... Like, I imagine the guys need, like, almost a ladder to climb up in it because it has to be big enough to not only drop enough salt, but has to be strong enough to push everything in its path out the way. Woo. Crazy, dude. That's good. And that's exactly what God is trying to do. Every time you let him lead you, he's like that eight-foot-tall plow truck moving everything out of the way and... Dropping salt to give you traction at the same time. That's good. That's good. That's exactly what he's trying to do. Yeah. So how do I not get to my place of destination if I'm behind the plow truck? It's impossible. I'm not going to slip and slide. I'm not going to get stuck. I'm going to have constant traction if I keep following. He says, uh, 
for the Lord your God is going to be with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and will give you victory. God's going to fight your enemy for you and then let you take the credit. You then get to stand in a place of victory. You get to hold the championship belt. You've done nothing other than trust. You've done nothing other than follow. You've done nothing other than submit to God's lead. And he fights your battle and gives you victory, gives you credit. So verses five, verses five through... Um, I'm going to say verses 5 through 7. And I'll summarize those for the sake of time. He basically says, if you, if you ain't ready, go back home. Right? You can go back and read it, or I can read it really quickly, and then I'll just give my statement again. Then the officers of the army must... So after, so after you guys get ready for battle... Um, you may look at your scenario. The priest is going to be required to come out to remind you that God is going to fight your battle for you. After you get to that place, the next thing that's going to take place is the office of the, uh, of the army must address the troops and say, has anyone just built a new home but has not yet dedicated it? If so, you may go back home. You might be killed in battle and someone else will dedicate your house. Has anyone... Here, just planted a, a, a vineyard, but not yet eaten of any of its fruit. If so, you may go home. You might die in battle and someone else will eat the fruit, eat of its first fruits. Sorry. Has anyone just become engaged to a woman but not yet married her? Well, you may go home and get married. You might die in battle and someone else will marry your wife. Then the officer will also say, is anyone here afraid or worried? This is how you know he's saying that if you're not ready. So, so the first part is, can be interpreted as, your things aren't yet in order. Mm -hmm. you're, some people think that they're ready to embark upon something that, that may potentially be victorious for them, but it might also kill you if you're not ready. And because you might die in battle, go home, have that moment, because you got to be willing to die for where I'm about to take you. And I think that it's, it's, it's more so in the sense of, I can make it spiritual and say, you got to be willing to even die to your flesh. Yeah. Some of us aren't willing to sacrifice the flesh enough to actually apprehend what God has for us. Because this battle that we're about to engage, see, the Bible is very dope how it unfolds. For the weapons of our warfare are not, but they are in God, right? So, so this isn't necessarily a physical engagement that we're dealing with present day. It's spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes we don't like to connect the text and we miss the point where Yo, you got to be willing to let something go or make sure that you've closed these things up so that when you go to battle this time, it don't kill you because mm -hmm. it might. And then, of course, it says, uh, if any of you are worried or afraid, 
Check this out. This is this part was dope to me. It says, then the officer will say, is anyone here afraid or worried? If you are, you may go home before you frighten anyone else. Sometimes we've got people in our circles that bring upon a level of fear that then begins to impede and impact everybody else around them. You weren't even afraid until this person said they were afraid. And it becomes extremely critical for us to survey the crowd that's among us. Because sometimes the crowds that are among us will speak a word that will take us off course from where God is trying to lead us. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of people who who will say, yo, y'all want to start a church? <laughs> like, membership's down, millennials don't give, it's oversaturated, mm-hmm. right? And And also, probably seven out of ten launches failed. It might make you step back and be like, hmm, yeah, maybe I should, may, may, maybe it's just a waste of time. But if no one ever said that to you, you would never even think about it. You would just proceed forward with what you heard God say. Right. And oftentimes we allow these small negative words to penetrate our spiritual points. You were, you were engaged with God when God released this word. Why are you changing it now? Because this person is afraid. Because this person has allowed fear to overtake them. God has not given me the spirit of fear. But what has he given me? And a sound mind. My sound mind is in him. My sound mind connects me to his word. It's the thing that keeps me going. Like hearing his voice. That's why it's so critical to know what God is saying. Okay, we got just a few more minutes. Um... So as you approach a town to attack it, I don't know. We don't have to deal with that part. We'll come back to that when we got here. Okay. Okay. Let's skip down to. Let's go down to sixteen. Let's go down to fifteen. But these instructions apply only to distant towns, not to the towns of the nations in the land you will enter. In those times, let's go back so you know what he's talking about, 14. But you may keep for yourselves all of the women, children, livestock, and other plunder. You may enjoy the plunder from your enemies that the Lord your God has given you. But these instructions apply only to distant towns. Not to the towns of the nations in the land you will enter. In those towns, the Lord your God is giving you a special possession. Destroy every living thing. You must completely destroy the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Presentites, Hittites, the Jebusites, just as the Lord your God has commanded you. This will prevent the people of the land this will prevent the people of the land from teaching you to imitate their detestable customs in the worship of their gods 
which would cause you to sin deeply against the Lord your God. Okay? So, God allowed them to keep women and children and plunder in certain towns. Mm -hmm. He allowed them to keep them in those towns because their practices were not a contradiction. Correct. But in the places that he named, so in my King James Bible here, it has a footnote, and I'll read it to you. It says, this is the final statement of God's justice on these seven people listed in this passage. 500 years before, God had stated that their iniquity was not yet filled. It references Genesis 15 and 16. Look that up for me, Jay. We'll read that next. But it was, uh, but it was now full to overflowing. Archaeolo- archaeological evidence reveals how incredibly depraved these tribes were. Right. So the tribes that were mentioned, the history suggests that these tribes were incredibly depraved. Okay. It says they practice human sacrifice. In every sort of sexual perversion. Because of the multitude and uh, grievous nature of their sins, it is said that the land vomited out her inhabitants. Leviticus 18, 21 through 25. The sinfulness of these tribes would present a strong temptation to Israel which must therefore be wiped out. Right? The only way for you to be undefeated is for you to destroy anything that doesn't look like God. God does not want you to inhabit a place. So like so so as I so as we talk about being undefeated, one of the critical things in the text that and we got to stop and I'll say this and then you guys can go. One of the critical things in the text to understand is the victory that God was trying to release to the children of Israel had much to do with the place that God promised them. The place that God promised them was a critical place because of the control that it gave them. Mm-hmm. It gave them control in the land and it gave them pivotal control as it pertains to imports and exports. Mm-hmm. Not only would it make them wealthy, but it be, it would also, thank you, Holy Ghost, it would also set the tone for everything else that took place around them. The thing that God's been trying to do with the people of God is give the people of God a promise that positioned them to change everything around them. And that's why it's so critical for them to get to that place and in getting to that place and having access to everything else you can't take anything in this place that does not look like him because the place that God takes you is a place that allows you to declare that you're undefeated but if you bring filthy depraved grievous sinful things into this place the place loses its victory much of your victory has to do with the place that God plants you in because that place is victorious that's why, he's, that's why he's constantly repeating, I'm trying to bring you to a place. This place is your place of victory. This place 
is the place where I dwell and it gives you access, power, position, and it gives you influence over everything else. That's how we stand undefeated. That's how we stand victorious. That only happens when we allow God to properly position us in his predetermined place. Undefeated. I'll stop right there. Um, it just goes back into, you know, God being the same then, God being the same today as it was then. He's trying to bring the people of Israel to control, to, to inhabit that piece of land so that they can influence everything around them. Same with today. Same with today. He's trying to bring us to a place so that we can influence all the people around us. Yeah. Your victory has so much more uh, connected to it than you being able to celebrate and, and say and talk. Mm-hmm. Just that, for the sake of it. For the sake of it. That's a good word. That's, that's a real good word. This little 28 minute word. Bless me. Yeah. So. Yeah, it blessed me too, man. Like, to understand, like, this thing that, that God's trying to do, it's bigger than me. So it, he has to do it. It ain't about me. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, man. But I think the call to action is to survey yourself and ask yourself, what can I destroy? And the thing is, it don't have to be deep. Right. It could be very simple. I might need to destroy procrastination. I might need to destroy, like, my TV time. I might need to destroy, like, there's so many little things, right? It's the small things that easily beset us. It's the word. And I think the call to action is to survey self. Maybe it's mindset. Maybe I need to survey how I allow my mind to run, move, right? How I can't focus, how I don't, how I don't go to God first. So read me like a book, Phantom. <laughs> <laughs>